salvation is not always where we expect. But God is always working. It's not where we expect. Sometimes we think, well, this is the most logical place that God is going to be at work, and this is where we're going to see God doing some things, and we expect to see salvation in this place. But God is always working and shows up in unexpected places. Let's pick back up verse 24 through 33. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one another, to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked them, for what reason have you sent for me? Now let's pause there. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Peter makes his way from South Tel Aviv all the way up to Caesarea Philippi. And Peter doesn't even realize why he's there. He's going, now why, why did, why, you, you guys are Gentiles. Why am I here? What has Peter been doing nonstop up to this point? Sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. He's going from city to city to city to city, sharing the gospel. And untold numbers of people are coming to Christ. And then he, he is summoned to come to Caesarea, and he gets there, and he's going, okay, well, I'm here. Well, what, am I, what, did, what did you guys want? You don't, it never crossed his mind to think, share the gospel with the Gentiles. Share the gospel with them. It, was, it wasn't even on his radar. It wasn't even a consideration. He literally looks at them and says, listen, I came because God told me to. That should have been a hint, right? That should have been a big hint. I'm here. God told me to come. But for what reason have you sent for me? Let's pick back up verse 30. So Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. What an incredible opportunity. I mean, this is, this is, he has an audience of lost people saying, we just had, a, had an encounter with an angel who said, we need to get Peter down here so he can do what? Open up the door to the kingdom of heaven for us. Peter, he's a little confused when he gets there. What am I here for? 
But what were they doing? They were Gentiles asking Peter, how can we be saved? How can we be saved? I wonder how often we fall um, into this trap of missing opportunities to share our faith because we're, we're not looking in the right place for that. We, we, or, or worse, we don't think that those, those, they're not going to be interested in what I have to say. And we don't share it with them because we said no. I learned a leadership principle years and years ago. It's called the don't say no for them principle. Don't say no for them principle. What I mean by that is a lot of times we might be tempted to, well, I'm not, I'm not going to ask them to volunteer. What did you just do? You said no for them. Or, you know, I, I'm not going to ask people if they'd like to go. You know, what did you do? You just said no for them. Well, I, you know, I, I don't want to ask people to, you fill in the blank. What is it that you don't want to ask them? And why do you not want to ask them? Well, I don't think they'd be interested. You just said no for them. You said no for them. Peter was at risk of doing what? These are Gentiles. And he was at risk of doing what? Saying no for them. So what had to happen in order for him to go and open up the door and use those keys to make sure that the door was open for the Gentiles, he had a divine encounter where God revealed and said, listen, you're all unclean. You all need salvation. And here we, here, here we are. Peter has a room filled with unlikely people who are asking him, would you share the gospel message with us? You know, the message for us in that is what? Hey, don't say no for them. Don't say no for them. Don't say no for them. Instead, look for God to invite you into unlikely places to share the gospel with unlikely people. We have a tendency to overlook where God might be at work. And key point number three then is this. Salvation is not the result of eloquent speeches but obedient messengers and listeners. It wasn't about Peter's message it was in, in the sense that he was some great orator. It wasn't about how eloquent his speech was. In fact, as I'm reading through it, and you will listen and hear, it, it really isn't that great of a sermon. So let's pick back up, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all, these, all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. 
And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, that's the Jewish people, who believed, that's the Jewish Christians, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Wow. Third time. Third time the door was open. First time was the Jewish people. Second time, that's Acts chapter 2. Second time was the Samaritans. That's Acts chapter 8. Third time, the door has now been unlocked and opened for who? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. But I want you to notice something. There it is. Acts chapter 10. The door's been opened. And I want you to notice the key word that Peter uses in his sermon. It's after he makes this statement that the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles. I want you to listen again to verse 43. Listen again. This is, this is what he says. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Did you hear the key word? Whoever. 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 You realize maybe up to this point, that was not the, the message, right? The message, uh, the gospel was clearly there, but at this point, Peter has a message, and at this point, all the doors have been unlocked and opened. For the Jews, for the Samaritans, for the Gentiles, it has now been opened so that whoever, whoever, anyone, doesn't matter which group you once belonged to, we are all unclean we are all fallen underneath the same category as those who are apart from God every single one of us need to be back into fellowship with the Lord so here it is it is a broad scope of the gospel it is now available to everyone Acts chapter 10 should be a reason that we celebrate as Gentiles every single week because it's Acts chapter 10 that Peter shows up in Caesarea and says, you know what, for, uh, what am I here for? Oh, you need to, the gospel? Oh, yes, I'll unlock the door. I will share the gospel with you. I will let you know how you can be saved. And from that point forward, whoever, whoever, that's an incredible scope. It is available to whoever. The gospel is inclusive to everyone, anyone, whoever. Yet at the same time, the gospel is exclusive, but because it is exclusive through the person of Jesus. It's inclusive for everyone, but it's exclusive through Jesus, through Jesus. The doors of the kingdom of heaven have now been opened. Jews can be saved. Samaritans can be saved. Gentiles can be saved. Oh, I'm so thankful 
so thankful that Jesus said, hey, Peter, I'm going to build my church. And as the church is being built, I want you to know I'm going to give you some keys, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And you're going to unlock some doors along the way. And you're going to open up the doors for Jewish people to be saved. You're going to open up a door for the Samaritans to be saved. And you're going to open up the door even for the Gentiles. So important. I want you to notice, though, that it wasn't about Peter's eloquent speech. I mean, in fact, as I'm reading through it, you, you know, it's like, I'm, I'd have to almost read it again to understand what he's saying. Read it a couple of times and going, what? It wasn't about Peter's speech in the sense that it was eloquent. What was it in his message? What was it in his sermon? It was obedience. Obedience. Peter proclaims the gospel message is for everyone. And Peter knew that. In that moment, he understood. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And it was at that moment, hear me on this, it was at the moment when he said, whoever believes that Peter's sermon was interrupted. He didn't even get to finish the sermon. His sermon was interrupted when he got to the obedient part of saying, whoever believes, it was as if God were saying, have you learned the lesson that I'm teaching you? And when you say those words, when you say, anyone can come to the Lord, anyone can believe on his name, anyone can be saved. When you say that and the people hear it and they believe and they respond in obedience, that's when he responded. That's when the Holy Spirit was loosed from heaven and given on earth for the Gentiles to be saved and to be bound on earth and in heaven. Our, our salvation is secure. Picking back up then, verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Oh, I can just imagine how incredible this is. He didn't even get to finish his sermon. He's, he's mid-sermon, and he says, it's available to everyone. And they're like, count me in. The Holy Spirit shows up. That's an incredible move of God. And what happens? He's like, okay, all right, God, you've demonstrated you, you want the kingdom of God, the door to the kingdom of God opened, not just for the Jews, not just for Samaritans, but for the Gentiles. And from that point forward, that door has been opened. That door has been opened. There's no need to pass the keys on to successors. The doors have been opened for whoever to, face, to place their faith in Christ. God is more interested in obedient messengers than magnificent orators. Sometimes our opportunities to talk about Jesus just simply present themselves. They're right there. People are not going to experience salvation through religious activity, but they must hear the gospel message. People are not going to experience salvation if, if we say no for them. People simply want to hear truth. They want to hear truth. 
And when we're obedient to speaking the truth of God's word, what can we do? We can step back and we can watch the Holy Spirit of God move and move incredibly in our midst. As just a small church of Grace Point was planted, but yet a couple of years ago, God has done incredible things along this journey. God has, has continued uh, to, to bless incredibly. And what a blessing it is to watch him do incredible things in unlikely places. One last thought, and we're going to pray together. Whoever, whoever, that includes you.